Welcome to The Well Drop, Own Your Wellness. I'm your host, Amber Berger. And I'm Dina Wismer. We are mothers, friends, wellness experts, and self-described warriors who have each experienced our own unique personal wellness journeys. We are your wellness friends here to give you drops of wisdom we've discovered over the years that actually work. Wellness. What is it really? The struggle is real, and we're here to help sift through the noise. The Well Drop podcast and content posted by Amber Berger and Dina Wismer is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast or website is at the user's own risk. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered health advice. The Well Drop is not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. Today on this episode, we are really excited to have David Restrepo of Vita Health Apothecary located in New York City. He has played a pivotal role in my wellness journey for me and my family, and he is my number one recommendation to all of my friends whether you need just supplements for everyday care, as well as from when you are under the weather. He is a registered pharmacist and the owner of Vita Health Integrative Apothecary. He is well-known among world-renowned physicians who recognize the value of holistic health. David works collaboratively with healers and specialists in the areas such as oncology, ENT, pediatrics, internal medicine, neurology, and psychology to develop patient care plans. His deep focus and understanding of drug interactions and their side effects allow him to help patients find proper balance by compensating for depletions that can be caused by conventional medicines and or environmental factors. David, thank you so much for joining us today. We are very excited to share your knowledge with our community. Thank you for having um, me. I have recommended you to so many people, including Dina, who's meeting you face to face for the first time today. I really, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity because the amount of times that I've called your pharmacy when there's any kind of issue that needs to be addressed in my house, yeah. countless over the last several years. So thank you, really, thank you so much um, for giving yeah, us support to families to to have that power. And I think that's what this podcast is all about: is giving people power to know they can take do things at home, it's uh, it's life-changing to know that you have the ability to help your family in that way. So thank you yeah, so much. It no, means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so David, we'd love to learn about how you started your journey. How did you create your pharmacy? And if you can explain to us, what is an integrative pharmacy and how does that differ from a traditional pharmacy? Yeah. So, you know, it started about 15 years ago with my wife. She's my partner in business and in life. We had someone in our family extremely close to us that was diagnosed with a very late stage cancer. In our search and and mainly at the time, really her search, looking for somebody that could help him, we found an oncologist who is my mentor. Uh, he passed away by now. He's, he's not here with us anymore. But my mentor was an integrative oncologist, Dr. Mitch Gaynor. I always mention him because he was very special. We found him and he extended the life of our loved one for more than a decade with a stage four colon cancer that had metastasized at the time. And, and the same old story, everybody had given a few months to live and they didn't know what to do. At the time, 
we had a store in Brooklyn and um, we were very integrative in our lives, but we didn't know how to step foot into that arena. And quite frankly, like how everything happens, Amber, you know me, just by happenstance, um, you know, I went to dinner a few times with the doctor because he became a close friend of ours. And he said, you know, you got to open a store in the city because the way you think, the way you do it, it's, it's, it's the way that I practice. And, you know, we can help so many people. My loved one, my, it was my father-in-law, who was really like my father in a lot of ways and, and a teacher for, for my whole family. He pushed me and pushed me and pushed me until, you know, we were opened here about 15 years ago. So my wife's a nutritionist and a naturopath and a pharmacist. And we worked together with that doctor, uh, formulating protocols for patients in different cancer scenarios, whether they didn't have cancer, whether they did have active cancer, whether they wanted to prevent cancer. So as a pharmacist, I have a pretty good understanding of medicines and how they work. And we're not taught a lot about natural medicine. And so our education there was like uphill like this, you know, and, and so we were successful and we continue to be very successful. And Dr. Gaynor at that point started introducing us to many other different important who I think are, are, are really meaningful, integrative physicians um, all around the world. So it happened like that. Difference between an integrative pharmacy that's different from a conventional pharmacy is that I think, God bless you know every pharmacist that's doing a good job out there, I think that we are looking a little bit deeper into the root cause of diseases. And we're looking a lot deeper into the side effects and the depletions that certain medicines can create. And, and I think that they're important. You know, Amber, I think, you know, when we've needed to use a medicine, I, I haven't told you, no, it's off the table. Don't do it. But there's a way to combine things uh, in a thoughtful way so that you can address depletions that happen with medicines or side effects that happen with medicines, although they're helping to treat something. You know, there, there's a way to do that. And so really taking a well-rounded approach. So when you say holistic, really holistic. Now, a lot of times, you know, I look at pathways and I look at ways that we can decrease that root cause. So again, Amber, you and I work so much with, with your family and it's like, you know, the root of so many things is inflammation. So that could be considered a root cause in, in, a, in a very basic way. And there's ways to regulate inflammation because our body needs inflammation, some degree of it, but not too much. So, so really it's a balance and, and trying to bring the body back into homeostasis, no matter what's happening. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question. I, you, know, you, know, you know, I can talk a lot, but you know. <laughs> I think thinking back, I actually came across your pharmacy, number one, really for convenience, probably like one of my children had an ear infection and I probably sure. called something in and that's how I came, you were literally across the street from me. Yeah. And then probably upon meeting, you know, you really helped to educate me on the other things and modalities that you can use, which is really in line with my philosophy of being holistic first, you know, and I believe, you know, in medicine also, but Dina and I always speak about those for more acute cases that maybe, you know, there is something you can try first and see if that works and maybe it does work. And then if it doesn't, you know, it's kind of like going up the ladder, then you can get a little yeah. stronger, a little stronger, a little stronger in terms of the protocol yeah. and I I love protocols and I think that you've really helped me to create, you know, protocols for my family, whether if it's an ear infection, you know, a common yeah. cold, immune boosting before school, whatever yeah. it is, and you really help to empower me to take charge of my family's health through our partnership. Yeah. 
and be able to sort of like set them up as best as possible for success. And it's pulling you out of cycle of fear that yes. you know, we, we were in, in our life, you know, and when we said, oh my God, there's nothing else we can do, but there is so much more you can do. If you look at the evidence, some of it is not always in humans because, you know, pharma companies don't want to spend certain amounts of money, but then so many medicines are actually synthesized from natural products. So, right. you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know? And I think something that you both touched on, which, you know, I think is also very powerful is managing your wellness while you're well too. You know, when I'm calling your pharmacy, it's okay. How do I prepare for the school year before there's a problem? What are some things that I can do before there is an acute situation? Um, yeah, yeah. The focus is keeping our bodies well so that when there is an illness, we respond better to it. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it starts. That's correct. That's correct. And, you know, what I say a lot is like the stronger the host is. So you're the host, uh, you know, you're the host of this podcast. But, you know, the person that's a host, like the person, the stronger they, in, they are going into some exposure to something or some scenario like chemotherapy again, or taking antibiotics uh, for a common cold or you know, the stronger they are going into a viral illness that's so been so prevalent lately, then, you know, the, the less, the less, the less terrible and, and the less severe that disease can tend to be. So, yeah. Right. I think it's about supporting your body. You know, last year I had broken my foot and I called you, of course, immediately saying, okay, I broke three yeah. metatarsals. What can I take to help my body bounce back faster? And yeah. so you always know, like, how do you support you know, whatever the condition is, and even something as simple as going to travel, you know, you're going on an airplane, you're going to foreign countries, what are, what is the protocol that someone should take with them to help boost their immune system, yeah. keep their yeah. system going and constantly flush it out? Because I know a lot of people have those issues when they're traveling abroad and eating different oh, yeah. foods. Even if you come back, I think one time I traveled to Argentina and I came back and I thought I got a parasite. Okay, so what should I take to just in case doesn't show up on a test because parasites don't always show up on a test. What can I take to help just flush out my system to just yeah. give it a new baseline? And I think that's something that people don't realize is that you don't have to always wait until you're literally feeling like you can't get out of your bed in order yeah. to help yourself get better, that there's little things you can do every day to help, you know, just give you that extra boost so you can bounce back faster. And even yep. especially with chemotherapy, you know, I've sent so many people to you because I know you're so well versed in it. You know, that when you're doing chemotherapy, it really makes you feel like shit. And yeah. so there are things that you can help to counterbalance the effects because, you know, you, some people really need chemotherapy and radiation, but there's other stuff you can take in addition to it to oh, help yeah. you feel better a little bit faster. And I yeah. think part of what, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, it also, there are so many things you can take, but there's also so much out there on the market that's not quality. So I'm so yeah. curious, how do we identify quality? How do you identify for what you bring in and, and for people listening, yeah. what should they be looking for? Because not everybody has direct access to your pharmacy the way we're so lucky to. So what's your yeah, advice? Yeah. So when, when we started, it really was creating like an evidence-based list. And that list, it means for me that, you know, the supplement company or, or, or the supplement itself has to check some boxes. So there are some really, you know, it, that, that supplement has to be third-party tested or has to be willing to be subjected to that third-party test. The third-party testing goes in different tiers. So the best companies are gonna make sure that they are CGMP compliant. And that means that they're following good manufacturing practices. And what that means is that there's a homogeneity to the batches. So like 
batch to batch, the supplements the same, the product that they're producing is the same, and that companies offering their their batches to that sort of compliance effort. So I think that's really important. The CGMP also goes into purity of ingredients. Uh, and so for different ingredients, there's a different standard for the percentage of what the active ingredient should be. If you're submitting your products to CGMP, so if you see that on a website of a, of a company, that's a good thing. And that's like the starting point. Say you're looking up a brand and you're going to their website and then in like, where would it show the CGMP? Where would somebody you know, find probably, it? Probably in the about us. Something else you want to always look at is whether or not it's organic. It's not always for every product because not every product needs to have that certification. But if they have that certification, then they're, do they're doing something extra to go yeah. to an extra level of cleanliness. I think that's good. Another one is something called USP Verified. United States Pharmacopeia always been largely responsible for looking at responsibility in companies, purity in a product, even a drug. So if it's in the USP or if it submits itself to USP standards, then we know it's like legitimate to, to be a company to consider. One of the last few things is that the company is FDA inspected. So, you know, the FDA doesn't regulate supplements because again, they're not an approved medicine. They do, the best companies have standard operating procedures that actually some companies also produce drugs and medical foods. And they also produce supplements because that manufacturing facility is so well run and, and, and you know, checks all those boxes off. So I know that because you know, my wife and I have formulated products. We, we have pharmacies, you know, we, this is our focus, right? But some people won't know that, right? So, but some companies are that good. So, or, or that, you know, that well run. Then, I think like, that's important for people to understand how, you know, just picking something off the shelf is maybe not in your best interest. So you should just take a minute to oh yeah search the product and not right. just listen to maybe somebody giving it to you unless they're a trusted resource like yourself. Yeah, but, you know, there, it is sort of like the wild west with the nutraceuticals because it is, it is. And, 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 you know, like really like not everything makes it onto our shelf. Like people come in all the time and I'm like, what's going, you know, they're like dying to sell us. Like <laughs> so people send us stuff for free and right. I'm, they keep sending it. And, and it's like these companies and I'm like, what's going on here? Like I said, can you please send that back? Oh, we didn't charge you just, you know, but that's not how it works here. <laughs> so part of also. I think what you're teaching is, you know, supplements are helpful, but in terms of what we put into our bodies generally, I mean, that matters too, of course, well, right? So it's, it's like, you know, unfortunately, depending on where you go for advice, you know, uh, from the conventional standpoint, and, and I'm a pharmacist, I dispense medicines, but the last things many doctors talk about is diet. So of course, I mean, you know, knowing what is a trigger for you is really important. And this kind of ties into like, how do I choose a supplement brand? Right? So, so I was going to kind of finish that comment or that answer with saying that, you know, then there's companies that say, you know, they're vegan, they're kosher, they're dairy free, they're gluten free. You know, for me and my family, I'm completely 100% gluten-free and dairy-free. So is my family. And we know that when we're exposed to those things, dairy more for us than gluten. But I, I, I teach that because I think that there are things that for people to kind of notice that if this is a trigger for me or I feel worse when I have this, then what's in that that's making me feel worse? And of course, like organic is better. Less sugar intake in general is better. Not eating so late is better. So, so yeah, I mean, I wish that was at the forefront you know, of, of, of everything, especially for our young children, you know, our kids, like teaching that in school and having better options for them. 
would be like great. Are there certain brands that are, if you had like the top three brands that somebody should look out for that you feel like have been doing a great job, you've worked with them for a while and you feel comfortable in their transparency in terms of quality of ingredients and yeah. that they yeah. are also you know, registered and so forth. I would say like the top three, I would say Synergy, Synergy company. I really like if I'm talking about like things that are organic, because so many people are into like food-based supplements and, and those are valuable. So I like the Synergy company. I like Natura, um, which is kind of like a blend of all that. And I have it right here. This is not a fake background. I love Natura because they, they actually, their main focus is they have a place called the Maderi Foundation, and people go there and get advice for their different kinds of cancers. So their whole brand is made with an anti-cancer perspective. And, and so I bring that up and, and Amber knows like that isn't, that's my focus, but it has become so much broader. But I always look for that because if you can say that a company is thinking about that, then that's one of the worst diseases that 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 are out there that that take so many forms and take a long time to get worse and then it's too late and so so that's good i like global healing center a lot they're another kind of like a blend where they use organic ingredients you know they don't always have to sometimes it's just like one ingredient that's very potent uh and very high quality and so these are companies where like i have relationships full disclosure where you know global healing I'm very good friends with the maker of those products, Natura. I've read all his books and, and you know, friends with, with the maker of that. Bioemersion is a company which I'm on the scientific advisory board uh, for, and I advise them on the use of their supplements. And it's sort of like a mom and pop uh, shop of like supplements. But if you find what you need from them, they're very reliable and they really care. Then there's some bigger companies like Thorne or Pure Encapsulations. And I, I like them for some things and I don't think they're the be all end all. And, and again, and Amber and Dina, you know, like there's kind of like a mix and match um, you know, what you need at the time. With our skincare, we don't just have one brand. <laughs> so speaking of mixing and matching with, you know, we're in summertime here in the Northeast, but before we know it, it'll be the school year. Is there yeah. any advice that you give to families or mothers specifically about how to help kids get ready? Yeah, I think I think no matter the age, I think vitamin D is like the simplest thing that you can help with. And if you're apprehensive or hesitant about the dose, then I think like, you know, 500 international units. Me personally, my little boy and my daughter get like 2000 units a day. Monday through Friday, the reason vitamin D is so helpful for anybody is because on a chemical level, a biological level, our body uses vitamin D receptors to make antimicrobial peptides when it's faced with an immune challenge. So if there's a cold in, the, in school, if there's strep, uh, if there's somebody with COVID or flu, right away, if there's exposure to that, our body kicks in and st starts to try to make these peptides that protect the body. If we're not supplementing with vitamin D, then the child is using their innate amounts of circulating vitamin D, um, which who knows if they're getting enough from food. So this is a place where I would say to people, I don't think that there's a food that's rich enough in vitamin D. And I don't think that on the northern side of the hemisphere, uh, on the eastern seaboard rather, I don't think we're synthesizing the right kind of vitamin D from the sun. So I think vitamin D, probiotics are tricky, but I think, and this, I don't think I've mentioned this to either of you, but I, I, I've started to think that there are interesting probiotics um, that are good for everybody. If my child's eight years old, I'd like to give them a probiotic that's less. So, so if it's for a four-year-old or 
if it's meant for an infant. And the reason is, and I've, and I've learned this from colleagues, Stephen Cohen, which you know, Amber, if we give a strain that's not appropriate for the age, uh, then maybe there's aspects of growth that can be affected in a negative way. But if we nurture the innate microbiome with strains that they've probably already encountered in some way, it's it's a better support for kids. So I think like for digestive health, I think that's great. Last thing is for me, it's very important. I think that having slippery elm at home, either in a powder or in a chewable tablet, slippery elm is going to say it's for the throat, but it really coats the gut lining really well. So again, going back to like food, and what they're eating in school, the exposure to pathogens in school. If that lining is strong, it's harder for those pathogens to get in. If that lining is strong, then if they're eating something that's aggravating their gut, it's less likely to cause an issue. So I hope that- I just learned something new, slippery yum for digestive health. Is that something you would take every day or give to your family every day? You know, I think during the school year, you could, especially if they say, you know, you got a tummy ache or if you went to a restaurant where, again, if, if, if food sensitivities are like a concern for you, then it's not a bad idea to like pop a chewable right after dinner if, if you're trying to avoid gluten and you're not sure that there's cross-contamination or there isn't, which there usually is, unless you're going to like a dedicated kitchen, like five days a week. Probably, yes, given if, you know, most kids eat school food and it's probably filled with glyphosate, which, you know, right. and, we and know suggested so, it starts to then eat away at your stomach lining. And yeah. it's when the stomach lining is thinned out that then things kind of are passing through into your body that they're not supposed yeah. to be that, that should otherwise be like asking permission in a way like they do not pass. If it was only that easy. Back to probiotics, because I think probiotics has gotten so much attention in the last decade and a ton of marketing dollars have been spent on it. So now one, people even know that, okay, a probiotic, I should take it. But I think a lot of people are confused about what is the billion of dosage should I give? You know, I gave my kids probiotics from the time that they were a baby, even though that they were breastfed. Like, do they need to be refrigerated? Do they not? Can you maybe help shed some light on how can yeah. someone decipher what kind of probiotic they need? And I have a backup question to that. I was under the understanding that you should mix up the different brands of probiotics that you take. So you're not always taking the same one. Is that true? Is my follow-up question to that. I'll confuse you even more. No. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so there's there's hardy strains that survive heat and are heat stable. And I actually think they're fine. I think they're especially okay if, you, if you're traveling, you know, or you just tend to not remember to put things in the fridge. Fine. Some of the very sort of like higher potency probiotics that have a higher CFU count, that's how companies and, and, and you know, scientists count how much active beneficial bacteria are in that probiotic. Some of those have to be kept cold. Even then, some of the companies say, oh, it's okay to keep it out of the fridge for a week. It's still stable. They've done the stability test to check that. And then a little bit more confusing on the manufacturing process, many of these companies tend to overpopulate the capsule because they know that during shipping, during manufacturing, they're going to lose some of the potency. So overall, I think probiotics are really, really safe. How to know which one to take, I think, depends on what you're trying to treat if you're trying to treat something. So believe it or not, like for bone loss, lactobacillus ruteri is the probiotic strain that I try to target because it's been in the literature to show that it can help promote bone homeostasis and, you know, promote actually healthy bone growth. So like lactobacillus ruteri is one that I would think of. You know, after antibiotics, I think depending on the antibiotic and how strong it is, there's 
certain probiotics and maybe a mixture of probiotics that you would take. You know, if a person has candida or yeast, or that's a constant concern, there's a very special probiotic that's actually like a fungal colony forming probiotic called Saccharomyces boulardii, or everyone knows it as Floristor. And I think that's particularly good to replace pathogenic yeast with friendly yeast because our body, again, it's a balance of bacteria, funguses, actually viruses, um, and, and those all have to live in, in our gut ecology in a certain way. Another question is, what about for somebody they chose their probiotic? Many times they'll just buy it off of the shelf and they've been on it for years. What would your advice be to them? Is it time? Could that then lead to an overgrowth of even good bacteria? That was my question about switching it up. I recommend uh, always and, and with my pediatrician that I work very closely with and, and with Stephen and a few other people and my wife, and we all recommend that you rotate between two good formulations that make you feel good. So that's taking the overall perspective on it and not the granular, you know, now, if I'm on a probiotic for many, many years, uh, and I feel really good, then everything should be working really good. You know, I think it's always a good idea to consider a stool test to see where I'm at um, and what's, you know, and what's, and what's appropriate at the time. So, you know, there are probiotics that improve metabolic efficiency, right? And so maybe I'm not making enough acromancia and I need to supplement with that. The mean or the median amount of microbiome in our gut doesn't change a lot, but those exterior factors can change. So depending on how I feel, so I have that problem. I don't like to rotate myself. Like I, I, I like one probiotic and I kind of stick to it and I try to switch and I don't feel the same, you know, but I, but people's, everyone that comes here, they rotate and they feel good. So something's wrong with me, but you know, it's uh yeah, no, I think it's good advice because so much, sometimes you feel like you're playing whack-a-mole. You don't really know. Yeah. I would say maybe the first step is to get tested, get your gut tested, and then you can yeah. get a layout of your microbiome to see where the imbalances are, whether you're overgrowth, undergrowth, and from there, and then it's all for what the missing piece is. Yeah. And especially if there's a signal, by the way. So like if my bowel movements are off, you know, if, if, if I feel like I'm the onset of some kind of you know, gut-related autoimmune disease, like th these things, you know, a lot of antibiotic use, they would be great to do that kind of test. I also think it's a journey, not a destination. Our bodies are always changing, right? And oh, yeah. so especially being a woman now in my 40s, you feel as your, your needs of your bodies change as time goes on. So going back to training and seeing where you are now, yeah. it took me a while to understand there is no end point, you know, where I'm reaching yeah. for this because it's always changing and that's okay. Yes. It's kind of it like does. a little baby and they're growing up and you feel like, oh, I just like, I'm like in my groove now. It's like right when you're in the groove, things are changing. So oh, yeah. it's yeah. like the yeah. only constant is change. And I think that's been like a big thing for me to just accept is that there isn't just, you don't just have like your one regimen and like that's your regimen forever. It's really, you got to no, keep it, like checking yourself and making sure your body yeah, needs that is yeah. always evolving, right? Oh, yeah. So a question for, I think a lot of people, you know, buy their supplements, maybe online or in a food store. What would you say for somebody, what would be the right place for them to purchase their supplements to make sure that they are getting the real brand that they think that they're purchasing, that they're not contaminated? Vita Health. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Vita Health. Thank God they should be wide. You know, there isn't a whole lot of... Um places that I like, you know, I'm very, very picky. I, I think, you know, we're trying to do a good job. I know I, I don't like Amazon for supplements. I like it for 
like other things that you're not going to consume. Maybe I'm wrong. Now there's been some know. controversy with online and purchasing supplements where you think you're buying one brand, but you're then buying it from this random store and it's not the brand. There's been fakes of. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I worry about. Like, can I can I recommend? I mean, you know, you buy direct from the website yeah. of the company. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would think like yeah, I would I would buy direct if that's an option. So so this goes into some of those like how do I choose a supplement? I never ever want somebody to take a supplement just to take a supplement, but if they are thinking like this might help me, or if they're looking at the research on that ingredient, then finding a company that makes that ingredient and then asking them for a certificate of analysis is a good idea because every good company will provide that like the same day or latest the next day. And what that certificate of analysis does, because the layman might not know what they're looking at, but it'll tell you if it has, you know, the acceptable amounts or no detectable amount of microbiological contaminants like mold, which is a big deal, uh, you know, pesticides, herbicides. I think sometimes it tests for metals. And then some of the best companies under that will use um, something called HPLC. So high performance uh, liquid chromatography to make sure that that's there. And they'll, and they'll list that they used that method to try to like see that it's the cleanest thing possible. There is another certification that doesn't matter to me as much anymore because it's been given a lot of attention. And I think that the best companies are, are making sure that they're, that this isn't happening, but there's an NSF certification, which came about during the anti-doping act. Or, or if you remember like when, you know, baseball players or the Olympic teams were coming up, like they had steroids in their system, they started doing NSF for sport and NSF as an as a sort of like certification that companies could do. So a lot of the companies I mentioned will say that that's available, but they won't necessarily do it because it's kind of obvious that that wouldn't contain that. But like their athletic performance, you know, suite of products will do the NSF, which which I think is good. So, you know, it's a complicated question. I mean, you know, I think I think the Whole Foods has, but then they don't have like the better. Sometimes they don't have the best brands. You know, some some companies are, are, are doing OK. Another question I have is I'm I've become obsessive over absorption of products. So whatever you're ingesting, what is like the most bioavailable form that you can take? And at first I do a lot of pills, then I've now transitioned into more, you know, liposomal powders. Can you discuss maybe about is one better than the other? Does what does your body digest one form better than another? So that when people are thinking about taking a certain type of vitamin, even a simple vitamin yeah. C, do you do a herbal so, or do you do liposomal? Yeah. Let's say vitamin D. You know, I don't care. And what I mean by vitamin D and I don't care is that vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin that is very important to be checking the levels if you're doing a lot. So for instance, me personally, I take 5,000 a day. And when I forget, I take 10,000 a day. And that sounds like a lot for everybody. I'm always here. I'm always <laughs> right. And, but, but my, so my vitamin D is, my vitamin D is kind of always in the tank. So it hasn't mattered which brand I switch to, yeah. but then other people come in and they say, you know, my vitamin D is great. Now vitamin D's range is very large. So it's like from 30 to 90, depending on the lab. And a doctor is going to tell you that, you know, over 31, it's perfect uh, or, or like it's fine, but optimal levels help us with that antimicrobial peptide production story that I told you. So having more is better. So in terms of like the delivery systems, you know, I, I think there's great 
delivery system discoveries happening. There's something that Global Healing Center is going to come out with, uh, which is like a liposome, but even better. So, so that's I'm excited for that. And what is talking. liposomal for those who don't know that term? Like me, so you know, so this, so, so this is the thing. So I don't think everything benefits from a liposome, but a liposome is like an encapsulation of, of, of a fatty substance, a lipid, um, that's similar to certain membranes in our body so that the product or the, the, the nutrient, or even the drug, by the way, because certain drugs are in a liposome so that it can pass those barriers and get absorbed better. There's companies that, you know, their whole thing is like everything is, is a liposome. And I don't think it's necessary, although, you know, like Quicksilver Scientific, everything is in a liposome. But I like, I like them for a lot of the things they make. I, I like it. Vitamin C is in a liposome a lot of times. And during the last three years, we've used that so much. And the reason is vitamin C is typically and historically uh, poorly absorbed. And so we can take thousands of milligrams of vitamin C and it's gone in an hour or two. So the hope is that because it's in a liposome, we're holding on to it longer. It's doing all the good things it's doing because we don't produce vitamin C on our, on our own. So when we're, you know, when we have an immune challenge, uh, you know, it's, it's, we benefit from increasing the amounts or improving the amounts of circulating vitamin C in our body. So I think some things benefit. Yeah. I mean, so what's the best way? I mean, it depends, you know, I mean, I think a greens powder is in powder, but I think that there's things that benefit from a liposome more than others, vitamin C being one of them. What sure. is one supplement that excites you lately? It's a new discovery for you or something that you've been utilizing forever that just keeps you excited because you see how much it helps people. I think that something that excites me a lot is apigenin. So apigenin is like an active ingredient from chamomile flowers. And like, so it's related. So I love, I love neurology and I love neuroprotection and I love for anybody's brain to function the best it can. So some companies are recommending apigenin for sleep. Um, I actually think it's not for sleep. I think that it's a neuroprotective substance. Um, again, comes from chamomile, so it's really, really safe. It's like brothers or sisters with something called luteolin, which is another favorite ingredient. It's been around forever, but I've never been able to find high amounts of it. Anyway, so now like we have this apigenin product that I'm excited for, for people that say, you know, I have Alzheimer's in the family. I'm having trouble sleeping, which is kind of a precursor to neurodegeneration. Because if you're not getting good sleep and you're not you're not having restorative sleep, that's bad. I love apigenin. I don't take enough of it. You know, I, I I forget to put it in my packets, and then I see the bottle at home, and then I take one, and then because I do morning and nighttime packets for myself. But yeah, I think I think apigenin is is one of these things that should get more attention, I think is getting more attention. I feel like it's coming up the ranks. People, are, Now that you said it, people are going to start to see it everywhere. Is it something that's safe for children? You know, it's, it's, it's so, so luteolin. So there's a product called Neuroprotect and without the protect. And it's interesting. It's a combination of luteolin, how I mentioned, quercetin, and a few other flavonoids that help to reestablish a healthy connection between the gut and the brain. So they actually make a kid's formula and the company, like, so this is an interesting company. They don't have every single certification, but they have the most important ones. And they literally only sell, I think, one product or two. And so sometimes I really like those companies because they're really hyper-focusing on making the best product. Um, so this is luteolin. So think, yeah, so they, so yeah, there's a product that's in a dropper that kids can take. It's very, very safe. You know, I think, I think during the school year, I'll start my kids on it because I just noticed that they make the dropper. Um, and, and so it's, it's interesting. 
And I think just one last thing to note, what I love most working with David all these years is that we both, I mean, we never use the term biohackers, but we definitely are because we, our bodies are our own best experiment. So I feel like David's yeah, yeah, yeah. always testing things on him. I'm testing on me and we're kind of reporting yeah. back and sharing the news and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's, that the, that's the community. That's what the community's like for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just be a little bit more open to kind of experimenting on yourself, and you know, sometimes you realize you feel good on something, and you keep going, or when you don't feel great, like you're saying with the probiotics, switch it up. Like it's not like one and yeah. like the probiotics not for you. If you take one and it didn't make you feel great, like try another brand. And you yeah, keep yeah, testing yeah. until you find the right mix for you. So where can people find Vita Health in order to order their supplements or ask their questions? Um, so online, you know, they can communicate that way on vitahealthapothecary.com. We have a pretty good representation of the products I really want on the website, uh, you know, or they can come by, you know, we're on 67th and 1st and our second location on 83rd and 2nd, uh, you know, we ship everywhere all over the world, really, you know, or they can call the store 212-628-1110. You know? Great. And by the way, when you call, you have, a, you can, whoever answers the phone can answer the say what's happening in your life, they can 100% yeah. give really helpful suggestions about what how to address it so i highly recommend calling it's, it's and, and just i know we have to end but yeah so like second avenue is the main pharmacist is angelo who's my high school buddy so you know he knows me for a long time and, and he knows what i'm thinking a lot of times and and we you know we we work together on protocols a lot uh you know igor has been here for a over a decade boris has been here for over a decade we all you know catch from each other things and and you know help each other sort of hopefully elevate our understanding of things you know absolutely thank you so much really this has been so informative yeah. thank, thank you we look forward to having you again subscribe to the well drop on apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music google podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast share with a friend who can benefit from listening too. follow us on social media at the well drop